Good morning! My name is Chelsea Novak. My husband and I oversee the campus ministries for our church, and we're currently leading in the city ministry. And we have had an awesome women's service so far. Sari did an amazing job teaching us how God's hands are in our plans, and I'm going to be talking about letting God write our story. So growing up around the Bible and learning about Esther, I always thought she was the ultimate boss babe. I mean, she's royalty. I imagine her to be like the popular beauty queen type of girl. But the truth is that Esther lived a tough life. And although her story is one of bravery and victory, it's also one of tragedy and adversity. Esther was an orphan. She was raised by her cousin Mordecai. She was an exiled Jew, a foreigner where she lived. And she lived during a dark time in Jewish history. The Jews had been exiled from Jerusalem as punishment for being unfaithful to God. So she probably didn't feel like someone favored by God, but rather felt insecurity. Her people often faced ethnic prejudice and oppression. And she was a woman living in a patriarchal society. And in chapter one, we see the men of the courts make a law that men were to have complete control of their household. So she would have had no rights. She was taken against her will to compete in a beauty pageant to either become queen or to spend one night with the king and live the rest of her life alone in his harem. And Esther did become queen, but that wasn't necessarily a prize. The queen before her was rejected and likely killed for just showing some dignity and refusing to parade herself in front of a group of drunken men. She could have been terrified to be the next queen. This king was known for being power hungry and having irrational rage. She had no freedom and was expected to live to please this impulsive and demeaning man. Now, I'm sure, there are I'm sure there are many times when Esther thought to herself, why God, why is this happening to me? When will you show up? And I think most of us can see ourselves a little bit in Esther's story. I know I can. For me, I grew up in the church. I always heard about God's love and thought I knew him, but I didn't really have a relationship with him in a way that changed my heart or my life. And when I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. I was frequently self-harming. I had to be hospitalized multiple times. And from there on, I started actively choosing to live a life of sin. I was rebellious, defiant, reckless, selfish, deceitful, immoral, and I always felt so insecure about my body and impurity made me feel more insecure. So I developed eating and body image issues. This lifestyle only led to more pain and more hurt. So I decided to try to clean up my act a bit. And I was 16 at the time. So I started doing well in school, getting a job, being respectful at home. But I, I just felt worse because all the vices that I used to temporarily fill the void inside of me were gone. So I just felt this constant emptiness. And I remember thinking, is this all there is to life? From there on, I made a decision to turn to God and study the Bible. And I read my Bible for hours a day, almost any time I had free. And let me tell you, all the peace, purpose, and answers to my problems that I had been looking for, I found in Jesus. I got baptized and became a Christian. And 15 years later, I have never regretted that decision. God has given me so much more than I've ever deserved. But my Christianity has been anything but easy. 
I've gone through more seasons of depression and in my recent years, I've struggled with anxiety and OCD and had to get help with that. I've wrestled with deep insecurity about what these struggles mean about me. Can God use me when I feel so broken? But over the years, I've been able to see the good that God has brought through my life, through my struggles with mental health. I know that without God, I have no hope. And so these struggles force me to cling tightly to God and to deepen my relationship with him. And I'm also amazed at how God has opened up so many doors for me to help other young women who struggle in this way and to give them hope for their mental health struggles. God has brought so much good out of so much hardship. God showed me that there was a purpose to my pain. And you know, often the times where God seems the most absent are the times when God later shows his powerful presence. When I look at Esther's story, I see how her pain was not in vain. Her pain had purpose. Our pain is meant to point us to God. God is in our story. And when you look at Esther, Esther was absolutely not alone. God was with her every step of the way. God cared deeply about her. He cared about her pain, her safety, her future. God cared about the injustices going on around her. God cared about how Haman's racism was hurting his people. God cared about Esther being mistreated as a woman and had a plan for her to stand up to the acts of these evil men. God cared about her and her people through their exile. God saw and God cared. And what I want all of you to hear today is this. God sees and cares about you. God cares about your life, your heart, your security. God cares deeply about the things that affect you. God sees all of your pain and suffering. He knows all your hopes and needs. God sees, he hears, and he cares. This pandemic has brought new challenges to all of us in big ways and in little ways. Some have faced terrifying financial insecurity and job loss. Some have grieved the generational trauma of ongoing racial injustice. I know that I can never fully understand the depths of what you feel and face, but I am grieving with you at the evil, hate, and sin of racism that rages in our world. For some, it's the imaginable grief that people have faced of losing loved ones or worrying for family's health or depression, maybe for the first time. I am so, so sorry. For some, it's the very real daily pain of loneliness and the separation of quarantine, the anxiety due to the uncertainty of life and the strain this has brought to our relationships. The hardest part for me has been meeting the needs of my son with special needs. I've had so much worry and stress with the schools being closed and the lack of resources during this time. And I'm grateful for the extra time at home with my two little boys. I love them so much. But just to be real, the pressure and concern of having to meet the needs of my son with special needs day in and day out has been extremely hard on our family. And as a mom, you know, when your child suffers, it's heartbreaking. Some nights as I was falling asleep, I would think about some of the harder moments in our day 
and my heart would just physically ache and hurt with deep sadness. And in those moments, it helps me to think about how God sees me. God sees my pain. He's right there with me, holding me and loving me. And the truth is, life will take us all places we don't want to go. Where has life taken you? Esther allowed God to use some of life's harshest moments to bring herself and others closer to God. Her story didn't make sense until she was able to see God in it. Once she saw God, there was purpose, there was hope, there was power. My favorite theme in the book of Esther is this godly balance we see of waiting while God worked behind the scenes and then her faithfully acting to bring about change. It paints this picture of an elegant dance between us and God. There's a balance we see of Esther surrendering and responding. Esther was reliant and ready. Before facing her challenge, she called for a three-day fast. This signified her turning to God and relying on him for direction and strength. Although she was ready to act, she knew that she was powerless without the help of her God. She was ready, but she chose to be reliant. Esther was gifted by God and had character. Her giftedness got her into the palace, but it was her character that made her stand out. There's a small detail that, tell us, that tells us when Esther went to meet the king, she wore only what the advisor suggested, unlike the rest of the women. Esther, there was something different about her that made her win the hearts of everyone around her. She did not use her giftedness for her own agenda, but rather as an opportunity to change the destiny of her people. Esther was humble and resolute. The scriptures mentioned multiple times that she listened to the advice of Mordecai. She got input and guidance, but she also had her own convictions. She did not delay in doing what she knew was right or using her gifts. And in the end of chapter four, we see her resolutely leading the way and making decisions for her people. Esther had patience and initiative. In this story, there is lots of waiting for God's timing. Her patience gave opportunities for God to intercede on her behalf. After Esther's first banquet, the king mysteriously couldn't sleep and decided to have the record of his reign read to him. It is then that he discovers how Mordecai previously saved his life, which softens his heart to listen to Mordecai later when Esther pulls him into the story. If Esther had jumped to speak up to the king right away, there wouldn't have been this time for God to be moving behind the scenes in the hearts of the people. Esther waited patiently for God, but when it was time to act, she went for it. There was no getting in her way. Esther was self-controlled and audacious. She didn't immediately tell the king she was a Jew, but at the right time, she did not hesitate in her boldness. It was common for the king's bodyguards to kill anyone who approached the king uninvited. And Esther actually approached the king multiple times, the last in the most audacious way, falling at his feet, weeping and begging for deliverance. She had the discernment to know when to be silent and the shrewdness to know when to speak up. Esther was strong and sacrificial. She won respect and influence. In chapter seven, Haman was begging for her to pardon him. 
She knew she would be saved after the, after the king had Haman killed, but she was still willing to sacrifice everything, her position and her life, to go to bat for her people one more time. When life takes you places you don't want to go, do you respond like Esther? Before you act, do you take the time to align your plan with God and rely on him for his will? How do you handle times of waiting? Do you do the right thing even when it's uninvited? What sacrifices do you make to help better the lives of those around you? In life-defining moments, where do you turn? In Esther chapter 4, in verse 14, Mordecai says to her, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to royal position for such a time as this? Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Esther became a true queen when she let go of her fear and turned towards God. Esther called for a fast, and in the Bible, fasting went hand in hand with praying and repenting. In repenting, a decision is made to turn away from your old life and turn towards God in his way. When the Jews called a public fast, it was a calling for their community to turn away from their sin and turn towards God and listen to him. This wasn't meant to be a public religious spectacle. It was meant for everyone to intimately search their hearts and to redirect their focus from self-will to God's will. If Esther had not spoken up, it is possible she would have gone on to live a simple life of comfort and plenty. We would have never heard of her or heard her story. And like Mordecai predicted, God could have easily found another way for the Jews to be delivered that did not involve her. Choosing to follow God's way was a huge risk, but so, so worth it. Because she brought God into her story, she became a part of God's story. She was able to be a part of something far greater than what the world had ever destined for her. Now is the time to make decisions that will bring us closer to God. Esther responded to God. How about you? The date Haman picked to exterminate the Jews was a whole year away. She could have thought, now is not the time. But Mordecai urgently prodded her to stand up to the king, reminding her that God put her in a position for such a time as this. When it comes to deepening our relationship with God, we may have a million reasons why now is not the time. But has God brought you a Mordecai? Is there someone in your life that is prodding you to get to know God? And are you listening? Esther went from being an exiled orphan with no rights and no future to literally changing the history of her nation and ultimately to paving the way for Jesus's lineage to come from the Jews. At the end of the book, we see Esther and Mordecai writing letters to the nation with royal authority and establishing Jewish customs. Imagine what kind of victories God may be trying to write into your story. For such a time as this, God is calling you. Will you write God into your story?